The Protectors of the Wood Adventure Series. Join our story of misfit teenagers as they struggle to save the world from climate change. Remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts. Support us on Patreon at Protectors of the Wood. Episode number 81. Abby appears on television news. Phoebe, Glenda, and Tiny, Jeremy and George all sat in Glenda's living room and discussed the incredible events of the day. Jeremy kept an eye on the River City News Channel, sure that the incredible events were not over. Hey, listen up! The room became silent as the television newscaster spoke. Good evening, I'm Pierce Eisner. WBCS brings you more breaking news from Middletown in Half Moon County, where our reporters Stan Miller and Janet Rivera are already on the scene with live interviews with witnesses of today's bizarre and frightening events. Here is Stan Miller reporting from outside the Middletown United Church. It's been quite a day, Stan. Tell us how the story is unfolding at this time. Thanks, Pierce. We have shocking news. Town Police Chief Daniel Santiago has apparently just returned with Dr. Reverend David Tuck, Minister of the Church, Dr. Geraldine Bear of Middletown Hospital, and a young girl from Half Moon High School named Abby Chapman. Abby! It's Abby! We have word that Reverend Tuck and Dr. Bear have completed a daring rescue of Abby Chapman from a mob who had cornered her in an abandoned house. Janet Rivera is inside the churchyard as we speak and we hope to bring you interviews about this breaking story, which may prove to be a sequel to our exclusive coverage earlier today about citizens gathering to protest the closing of two stores just down the street from where I'm standing. We're being told that a combination of today's severe thunderstorms and possible tornadoes, a series of traffic accidents that blocked off the main street of this town, as well as some local history, actually set off a violent mob on a winch hut. And yes, here is Janet Rivera now. The camera zoomed in. The smooth and sympathetic TV reporter stood at the churchyard gate with Abby, who appeared skinny in damp clothes, staring at the ground. She still wore Jeremy's jacket but her hat was gone, and her damp hair hung down the sides of her face. The protective figures of Tuck and Geraldine loomed just behind her. Janet Rivera leaned toward Abby with her microphone. Thank you so much for taking a moment with us. We understand you've had a trying ordeal, and we appreciate any help you can offer to clear up the rumors that have been circulating through town and social media. Whenever you've had enough, please just say so. The reporter smiled and Abby managed a little eye contact. Now, your name is? Abby Chapman. Her voice was thin and soft, but she looked up at the camera without embarrassment. 
I've been told by the Reverend Tuck and Dr. Geraldine Baer, both standing here with you, that they found you this evening in an abandoned house just south of here, almost inside the Forest Preserve. Please, tell us what you were doing there and what happened this evening. Well, I was staying at that house, living there, you might say, because I have no other home here and all my friends are here in Middletown. I wasn't bothering anybody. I see. A crowd of men appeared out of the darkness and were yelling for me to come out. I was afraid. Then they lit a fire and carried burning branches to the door and yelled that they were coming in and if the house burned down... (laughs) If the house burned down... (laughs) It would be my fault. And then what happened? They were coming up onto the porch by the front door. And suddenly, Reverend Tuck and Dr. Bear appeared and yelled for them to go back before they commit a crime. Abby's eyes were tearing up. And how did this end? The rain came down with thunder and lightning, and then the people ran away. I asked Reverend Tuck to bring me to the church. (laughs) I hope I can stay here. Tears began to roll down her cheeks. She looked straight into the camera. (laughs) I'm okay, Mom and Dad. I'm sorry I made you worry. I'm okay, everyone. And, And thanks to all who helped me. Dr. Bear put her arm around Abby and gently escorted her back through the gate. Reverend Tuck followed. Oh, let's turn it off for a minute. Phoebe felt dizzy. I'm sorry. This is too much for me. I'm beat. Glenda sat with Tiny in her lap. They were both crying. Jeremy reached up and turned off the TV. George's eyes were wet. He was trying to hide his face. They saved Abby! She's at the church! We can go there! We certainly can. We'll go tomorrow. Yay! Yay! She'll be okay. We'll all be okay. I'm going to get that tea. Don't get up. Oh, I didn't even serve the tea. You're probably starving. I don't even know what you all went through today. We'll tell you another time. We just wanted you to know that everything's all right. We're proud of what you're doing with school. And we miss both of you. They drank tea for ten minutes or so, and Tiny fell asleep in her mother's lap. With whispered goodbyes, they tiptoed out the door. Outside, the air was cool and the full moon was high in the sky. They stood near the tow truck, taking deep breaths and enjoying the fresh breeze. I've got to hear every detail. It's time you two opened up. No more secrets. Tonight's night. I'm ready. 
I've been ready for a few weeks. It's true. I slowed it all down. But that's over. Except for one thing. I'm starving. What are the chances of cooking up a meal? Jim's got a few things. Let's go. Soon, they were looting Jim's kitchen of onions, cheddar cheese, potatoes, eggs, a bag of finger beans, and a loaf of Penny's sunflower bread. They began to cook up a meal like breakfast as the clock moved past midnight. The boys made omelets and fried potatoes, while Phoebe considered that it would be nice to eat and talk in style. The kitchen table was against the wall and was needed as a cooking space. So she began to move the books and papers on Jim's work table in the living room. Then she noticed that these materials all had something to do with the history of Middletown. There was a book on the apple business between the Half Moon and Maywood Rivers and another on the history of the Forest Preserve. In fact, the living room was really a library. With an inspiration, Phoebe realized that Jim must be writing a history of Middletown, or perhaps recording the story they were all living. She became intensely curious and leafed through a bound manuscript entitled Plant Alchemy and the Herbs of the Half Moon Valley. A sense of awe came over her and she replaced everything as it was with extreme care. After standing in thought for a few minutes, she returned to the kitchen. We can't eat in there. It's the library. Yeah, that's right. Don't mess with Jim's stuff. We'll squeeze in together on this table. The boys served out omelets and potatoes and poured apple cider. They sat shoulder to shoulder and wolfed down their food. Soon they threw their plates into the sink and drank cider with satisfaction. It's been some day. It has. Most of it seems good, but I'm still missing out on the most important thing. It's the story of my life. I think I've written outsider on every wall in Middletown and Half Moon. But I'm tired of it. Don't worry about the plates. I'll wash up in the morning. Let's go next door. We could talk a bit before we sleep. They walked over to the gas station in a daze. A deep exhaustion was setting in. Inside the familiar office, Phoebe saw that the usual jumble of things had become total chaos. Guitars and amplifiers and boxes filled the open space on the floor. Clothes and books were scattered amid tools and office supplies. Blankets and pillows were on the floor near the couch. Jim's not gonna like this. No comment, please. How would you like living in a work and practice space with the whole world trooping through? I don't see you offering your room for our band. Whoa, sorry. You've got a point. 
It's like I don't want comments on my face. Jeremy hurriedly began arranging things and pulled a chair up to the couch. The three of them sat close together. I guess I'm a little sensitive. I really want this to be special. We're all doing something really good. Don't you see? I... I still feel like an outsider. I can't help it. Don't worry. It's not just your imagination. It's a real problem. Phoebe paused and looked at Jeremy. Here's what I want to know. Do we tell him everything? Or almost everything?
Thanks for listening to the Protectors of the Wood adventure series. Find all our projects on protectorsofthewood.com and support us on Patreon at Protectors of the Wood. Remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts.